Welcome to another exciting episode of the Aarti Industry Ram Show. Now this week, uh, we have something different. Uh, we have been asked by a lot of people to bring together some of the great content that we have put out over the last couple of years. So we have a compilation of some of the best advice from one of our favorite guests on the show, Mark Andreessen. Mark is one of a kind and he has not held back. And this is going to be quite some fun. Uh, we'll be back with fresh content uh, next week. But until then, enjoy Mark and Reason. How do you decide or know whether an idea for a startup is good or not? So the big thing is most of the obviously good ideas are bad ideas for a startup, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the reason is because most of the obviously good ideas, if they're obviously good ideas, they're already getting done by big companies, mm -hmm. right? And so, and so, so what, what are big companies really good at? Like just take all the big, the top 50, whatever tech companies, what are they really good at? They're really good at doing the next obviously good idea, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, you know, they're, like, what's a good idea? A smartphone whose battery lasts 10% longer, you know? Yeah, like Apple's on it, right? They, you know, they, they got like 10,000 people working on that, right? Um, like you're, there's no startup opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, you know, we always say kind of by definition, like if it's a good startup idea, it basically, it can't be a good idea that looks like a good idea because a big company's already doing that. It, it almost always has to be a um, good idea that looks like a bad idea, right? So it, so it has to be something that is, count, you know, contrarian, counterintuitive, non-obvious, Right. It, it has to be something that everybody else hasn't already figured out. It has to be important. Right. It has to matter. Right. The, the, the actual thing has to actually you know, matter in a way that anybody's going to ever actually care about it. Um, and then, you know, going back to what we just talked about, like you have to actually be correct. Right. Like most most ideas that look like bad ideas actually are bad ideas. Right. In fact, the overwhelming majority of ideas that look like bad ideas are, in fact, bad ideas. And so you have to really be deep in the domain to be able to get to the point where you can say, OK, I know this looks like a bad idea, but. I know that I'm right for the following, you know, 18 reasons. And I know that if we do this, it will be a big, this will, this will matter. Your personality traits will tend to be very stable over your lifetime. Uh, right. And so if you take the test today, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you will get basically the same results. Right. And so th these, these are actually like stable in your system, by the way, with a nuance, which is generally over time, as people get older, their openness declines somewhat um, and their conscientiousness grows somewhat. And again, if you, if you kind of think about this from an evolutionary standpoint, that actually kind of makes sense, right? Because from a societal standpoint, right, you actually want younger people to be more adventurous and then you mm -hmm. want older people to be more stable, right? And more home-oriented. Right. People yeah. fundamentally don't change. Uh, they don't They don't change for the most part. Like these changes are on the margin. They get somewhat right. less open. They get somewhat more conscientious. But like everything else, it, 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 it's, it's, let's say, it's surprisingly stable. Right. Um, right. And so pe people are kind of wired the way they are. Openness is being open to you new ideas, thoughts, experiences, willing to experiment. Like that's the picture I have in mind. Yeah, that's right. So it's openness to new ideas. And, and, and this is a very deep, this is a very deep seated thing in human nature, right? And so, and this, this applies across many, many areas of life, you know? Mm. So how do you feel about, you know, how do you feel about reading a new, a new book? How do you feel about trying a new kind of food? How do you feel about trying, you know, a new uh, a place to go on vacation? Um, how do you feel about talking to somebody, right, um, who doesn't share a cultural background with you? There's value of openness. There's value for also, by the way, sort of not yes, openness. Yes. Like yeah. at the population level, you want some people to be like explorers, uh, but you also want some people to like stay home, right? Mm -hmm. And like keep the fires burning and like, you know, basically keep things stable. It's just, it's really hard to be creative if you're not open. And, and there's a subtlety, there's a nuance in there, which is very important, which is can a person who has sort of low openness, can they be creative? And it's like, 
maybe if they really force themselves, they might be able, like if they really force themselves to like write a poem, they might be able to, but they're not going to like it. Right. It's like, there's there, it's like their, their nervous system is not wired that way. Right. Um, and so you, you kind of need to close your eyes and kind of imagine, you know, what if you took somebody who was born to be a, be a musician, for example, um, and you force them to become an accountant, right. Or vice versa. Like what if you took somebody who was born to be an accountant and forced them to be a musician. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and both people would be very, very unhappy. And so anyway, there, this is sort of the inherent trait of creativity, uh, openness. So, you know, directly re- related to one is agreeableness, right? Um, mm-hmm. So open plus agreeable equals every new idea is a great idea, mm-hmm. right? Equals non-discriminatory. Well, mm-hmm. it's hard to be creative if you're not discriminatory. Like one of the things that great artists have in common is they're like actually really picky and choosy over what they think the great ideas are. And they, they throw away a lot of their like initial attempts. It's really complicated, right? Uh, and, and, you know, just start with like the default answer, which is most people don't. Right. Like most people just don't think creatively. Um, there's actually psychologists have actually this test where there's like they, they can actually test people's basic level of creativity. And they the way they do it is there's like 15 different creative domains like art and music and writing and so forth and, you know, software. And, and then there's like seven levels of creativity ranging from like an amateur project you do in your spare time all the way to like a national award winner. Um, and, you know, depending on how you fill out the matrix, you get your sort of, sort of creativity quotients. And most most people score. <laughs> Zero. So let me come at this in a in a, in a couple different a couple different layers. There's a sort of a, a psychology layer. There's like a sociology layer, like group psychology layer, um, and then um, let's say there's a um, sort of a friends uh, social network layer, which is really important, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, and then there's finally the kind of what do you do? Like how do you go about it? Like if you, if you want to do more of it. So so the psychological layer. So at the level of individual psychology, um, it actually turns out there there is a, there's a science of of of, hum, of sort of individual psychology that's long established over decades uh, called psychometrics, and and the the sort of uh, scientists who study this have settled in on this sort of model of of human psychology uh, at the individual level. They call it the so-called Big Five personality mm-hmm. traits, and 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 it's I find this to be a super interesting framework for thinking about exactly this kind of question. So. Just to review quickly, so the big five personality traits conveniently form the acronym OCEAN, O-C-E-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the traits are openness, uh, conscientiousness, um, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, you know, for each of those, um, you know, basically there's like the trait and then there's this opposite. So open versus closed, conscientious versus not conscientious, agreeable versus disagreeable, right? Extroverted versus introverted, neurotic versus, you know, basically like emotionally stable. Um, and then, you know, interestingly, at the population level, each of those traits is distributed on a, on, on a bell curve. And so in, in any population, in any of these traits, most people are somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of somewhat introverted, somewhat extroverted, somewhat open, somewhat not. Um, and then you have these outliers um, where, you know, you get these people who are on the fringes uh, mm-hmm. of the distribution. And, you know, when it comes to creativity, basically who those people are, those people are, are just they're incredibly highly open. So we, we use the same technique to ferret out what their founders are telling us the truth, basically, and actually have a good idea that mm-hmm. homicide cops use to determine whether you actually killed somebody. If you're into crime movies, at least you've probably seen this scene in movies because it'll be in the movie occasionally, which is because what, what the homicide detective will do is basically they'll ask increasingly detailed questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, OK, whatever, you know, you're whatever, you know, whatever your friend was killed, you know, on Thursday. Well, where, where were you Thursday night? Well, you know, I was at the movies. Uh, okay, well, um, you know, which movie theater did you go to? Okay, I was at whatever, you know, Regal Cinema, da 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 Well, who did you go to the movie with? You know, oh, oh I was with myself. Okay, uh, what time was the movie? Which movie did you see? Uh, you know, when they're guilty of a crime, basically what happens is like, the, you know, they, they basically are making, as, as the questions get more and more detailed, they have to basically make up more and more details. Like most people can't anticipate all, the, all these right. eventualities ahead. Right. 
And so we basically do the same thing. And basically, this is why we call it the idea maze. So the, the concept of the idea maze is to really be the master of a domain, you have to really mm -hmm. understand all of the twists and turns that require getting from kind of point A, which is like a vague idea of what you want to do, kind of all the way to point Z on the other side of the maze, which is an actual product that matters that you can build a startup around. Right. And you have to kind of, you have to actually like think your way through all those steps. Mm -hmm. um, and the founders who are good at what they do think through, they, they, they take the time, they put in the effort, often years, right? Like I, I, what I find is it's almost always five years plus, like yeah. it, this is not like a short-term thing. It's almost always somebody, the, the great successful companies, great founders almost always have thought deeply about the domain they're operating in for five years, often 10 years, often longer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if, 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 if basically you just, you ask increasingly detailed questions, if the answers get more and more specific as the questions get more and more specific, that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, if the answers get more and more in general and more and more fuzz, then it's like, okay, you know, you, you're, you're, and by the way, okay, you're trying to pull one on us. Okay. By the way, you're also trying to pull one on yourself. Yeah. Right. right, like, right. It, if we can shake you out in that process, like you shouldn't be doing what you're doing anyway, because you haven't done the, you're not prepared for, you haven't done the work. You don't actually know what you're doing. <laughs> the way to think about conscientiousness is it, it's, it's split into two, what are called aspects or kind of sub traits. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, there's industriousness, um, and there's orderliness, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And, and this is interesting because you probably know people who are like super industrious, like bursting with energy, they get a lot of stuff done, right. They're very high momentum and they're in their, in their kind of, you know, work ethic, uh, mm -hmm. and performance levels, but they're very low orderliness. And so they just leave like a giant mess behind them. And you could probably think of a bunch of people like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By the way, there are people who are like super highly orderly and not very industrious, right? And mm -hmm. they're like, desk is always clean and everything is organized and they just don't get much stuff done. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, there are people, you know, it's very unfortunate, like, you know, maybe if there's, you know, a, a sort of, you know, there, there, there are kind of potholes in, in this process and like, you know, 0% orderliness, you know, 0% industriousness plus 0% orderliness, you know, is somebody who, you know, basically never leaves their messy apartment. You know, what, what's ideal? Like, and then and it's, a, it's, a, it's a fit for it's a fit for purpose. Right. And so when you're talking about entrepreneurship, I think for sure you want a high degree of industriousness, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you want, uh, Paul Graham has a term for this. He's, he's sort of, he calls this founder velocity, yeah. uh, which is basically highly industrious people. They just get a lot of stuff done. It's the, it's the what, you know, what, what have you got done this week, right? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's that idea. Uh, and so you definitely want that. And then, and then basically, I think for founders, you need enough orderliness where they just kind of keep the wheels on. Right. Um, right. And they're just able to like maintain a continuous stream of activity and not have everything just be like sheer chaos. Um, right. the, the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps has a the, well, the sort of a motto or slogan of the Marine Corps um, is um, uh, improvise, adapt and overcome. Okay. Um, and it's basically just like, look, no excuses. Like something is not working. You're on a mission. You're out there trying to make something happen. And like, right. you know, your boat, like, you know, whatever your boat breaks or like whatever happens or your gun jams or whatever it is, <laughs> improvise, adapt and overcome. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And get it done. Right. Um, right. And if that doesn't work, improvise, adapt and overcome again. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, 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 and just keep going use of data versus not right data mm. versus judgment. Mm -hmm. um, and so like what you often see with the companies that iterate is they're, they're, they're iterating. And then on top of that, they're using data. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then again, the consequence of that is like, you know, may, may, maybe the data is not actually useful for inferring actually what's actually going to be helpful to get you to success. And maybe you're actually spending too much time optimizing right. the short-term metrics in addition to doing short-term product revisions. And so there, there's, there's this tension trade-off between do we use data and measure like how things are going or do we use intuition and judgment? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and, and I think an absolutist view on that is probably dangerous. Um, you know, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle for, for most people. Um, the other is, by the way, do we talk to customers? Um, right. Um, and, and you mentioned this earlier, like, 
there, there is sort of an extreme kind of point of view that some founders have, which is like, I'm not going to talk to customers. I'm going to, you know, Steve Jobs wouldn't talk to customers. Like, I'm just going to like, I'm going to make it up in my own head and people are going to want it. Like, I don't need to go talk to them ahead of time. And then, and then look, there's a, there's a degenerate behavior in the other direction, which is people who talk to customers too much. Yeah. Um, and they go to the customer and they ask, what product should I build? And yep. the problem is that the customers don't know because the customers aren't in the business of building new products. Yeah. So they don't know what they want. Like, in this is a, actually a Steve, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, nobody, nobody wanted the Macintosh before they built the Macintosh. Yeah. So generally what I'm looking for from books is time, timeless, timeless information. Right. Um, and so it's, it's basically, you know, it's, you know, permanent information or as close to it as you can possibly get. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just like the fact is a lot of that, a lot of that, how do you know that a book has timeless information is that the book stands the test of time, right? This is, this is where the, the Lindy concept is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, look, if, if I'm finding it, what often happens, I find out about a book from somebody who I think is interesting, you know, somebody I think is interesting, I'm following them or talking to them and they're like, Hey, you should read this book. Right. And if it's a book that was published like six months ago, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Let's like, let's wait 20 years and see how it does. Um, <laughs> if it's a book that was written 50 years ago, I'm like, okay, like there's a reason 50 years later why somebody who's interesting is recommending it today right and i, and I find that those are often the best uh, those are those are and again it's very specific the timeless information like the information that doesn't change one final question i'm gonna let you go star wars and or what do you think oh it's fantastic it's like it's, yeah it's outstanding it's fantastic <laughs> there's this genius uh, uh tony gilroy um and uh he's probably you know best known for the movie uh, michael clayton Mm -hmm. um, but uh, he has worked on and, and he's been kind of a script doctor and kind of behind the scenes guy on a very large number of the great movies of like the last 20 years. Um, and uh, they basically and he, he was basically if you if you saw the, the, the movie Rogue One, um, mm. which a lot of people think is like the best Star Wars movie since the original uh, right. a couple of movies. Um, there were other people that like started making the movie. And then basically the story goes is that Tony Gilroy kind of finished the movie. Um, and, and look, it, it, yeah, it's, it's the thing like any 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 serious telling right it's 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 funny right because it's like star wars but it's like okay where's the war like where where's the war story right like mm -hmm. where's the, you know there, there's a genre of war story mm -hmm. right and there are many war you know great war stories war movies whatever and like in war people die right like mm -hmm. and and so right whereas if it's like a, if it's like a, a fantasy it's like everybody gets you know lives and gets medals in the end in a real war people die and so it's it's the it's you know rogue one was like the first actual war movie Mm -hmm. um of, of that uh you know kind of set in that universe um and and so anyway he, he so the story goes gilroy kind of came in and fixed fixed the movie um uh and redid the ending and then um you know they've they, they did this incredible thing they do in hollywood from time to time is they kind of picked a super genius and they put him in charge and let him run um <laughs> and yeah yeah no i mean it's, it's legitimately and it's and it's fascinating also because it's like it's 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 um he's doing he's doing i think i know what he's doing i mean we're only halfway through it so i don't i think he's I have high hopes for the rest of the, like, I think he may be doing some very special things in where the story is going. 